How many customers now today? Um, not going to disclose that actually. Oh, okay. Why is that? You said 500 about two years ago. Is that something it's, drastically it's changed? More. It's more. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Trent Deersmith. He's a serial entrepreneur, the founder of Flowster.app, and a complete nerd when it comes to creating scalable business <laughs> processes. And by the way, I mean nerd because I've seen his process on the last time we had a call and it's impressive. Trent, you ready to take us to the top? I'll do my best, Nathan. Thank you so much for having my me My favorite thing about you is you eat your own dog food. This started because you are so into documenting processes and you showed me some of them last time. They said, I've got to build something to make this easier. And now we have Flowster. Yeah, it's actually not so much that I'm into documenting processes. That's an input. I'm into the output, which is the freedom that that gives me in my life um, because it allows me to delegate to, to, to train new people really quickly and to delegate work to people all around the world. And obviously we're taking advantage of labor in low cost countries. And that's been super beneficial for the company. Now we last spoke back in October of 2020. So this is a while ago, but you'd already passed a uh, year bootstrapped. You had 500 customers paying about 20 bucks a month. So doing about across your first 10,000 bucks in MRR. A couple questions here. Are you still bootstrapped? We still are. Yes. I love that. Love that. That's bonus point one. Uh, number two, talk to us about customers. Are you still serving the same customers as two years ago? Or have you changed markets? So we still have, um, we get a lot of inbound from those customers and they have been causing growth to occur at a steady rate. Uh, we are now wanting to grow faster. And so I'm in the midst of testing, moving up market a bit to slightly larger customers, same niche, same problems, just slightly more employees per customer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. So is it fair to say, has your ARPU increased? Are you average customer pays more than 20 bucks a month today? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, ARPU and, is uh, actually double that now. Oh, wow. Okay. So was that because of new product features or more seats per account or what enabled that? Um, uh, raising prices was part of it and some new product features and some a new plan actually all of the all, all those three things have all contributed to it let's break that down for a second so raising prices are something founders always go oh but if i raise price everyone's going to cancel but then you do it and you're surprised like no one cancels and you just doubled your revenue so how did you think about increasing your price um Really, we there was a somebody wrote a 185 page long pricing experiment. I wish I could remember who it was so I could give them attribution. But we, as a management team, looked at that very, very closely and decided to make some changes as a result of that because our the, the unit economics just weren't going to allow us to um, to grow while continuing to bootstrap if we had you know the lower prices that we had in the past. And so we really just decided to, we, we picked numbers out of the air. Well, not really out of the air, but we picked new numbers and, um, we, we didn't force all the, the older accounts onto the new pricing plan. This was really just for newer accounts. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it hasn't been detrimental so far. It's been positive. So now you have a seven day free trial. How many people today as of recording July 27th through 2022, how many people are in the free trial? 
Uh, as of this moment right now, there's a couple hundred. Okay. Wow. Okay. So very healthy pipeline. How are you finding these customers? What's your growth strategy? They're actually finding us, oddly enough. We, just because of the content marketing that we're doing and the Facebook groups and the YouTube channel and the, and the, and the, and the stuff, we are adding around 30 to 50 leads a day into the funnel and they just keep coming every day, Mm -hmm. day after day. Is there one of those channels that is just clearly doing more than the others? Facebook, YouTube, search, search, search. What's the number one keyword you rank for? Uh, SEO, I don't even know what it is off the top of my head. I don't run content for the team. That's actually my wife that does that. So I'm embarrassed to say, I don't know what it is. Okay. Search. So search drives you the most traffic. Interesting. Do you have, does your wife, have you guys built a system to like onboard writers to crank out blog content at scale or how, how have you built that machine? We're actually, uh, we have been doing that and now we've been stepping up our game over the last quarter. Um, there's, uh, something, a concept that was taught by, uh, Backlinko, what's the guy's name behind Backlinko? I'm forgetting his name. I, I know who you're uh, talking about. I forget his name yeah. too. Anyway, um, Brian Dean. Brian Dean. Uh, so yep. Brian Dean talks about these things called power pages, which are basically just big, huge, long blog posts. And so we've started to uh, publish power pages, and then we're doing, we're working on a lot of guest posting to get the backlinks to increase the domain rating. And so it's been a combination of that and just kind of our quote unquote regular blog posts that, that are getting traction. We have one in particular, which, uh, I I forget what the keyword is. It's SOP templates for digital agencies or something similar to that. And that actually gets a pretty decent amount of traffic. Hmm, That's interesting. Okay. So that's working nicely. And you know, you look at obviously you and your wife are running this, how many full-time employees outside of you two are at the company? Uh, I think it's 12, 11, 12. 12. I, cause I don't run the dev team. I don't, I don't always know exactly the head count, but let me just think one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. It's between 10 and 12. And so talk to me about how you've done the engineering. So my co-founder, um, is the CTO. He's the technical brains of the company. We have hired exclusively. So he was trained as a software developer his entire life. He's, he's run software teams. He's built and sold a SaaS business in the past. And so I really don't tell him how to do his job at all. He just recruits developers typically out of India and Africa. We do have a few in Eastern Europe, I think. Um, again, I, I don't, the, the, I can't speak specifically because I just don't stick my nose in that particular area mm-hmm. of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I'm asking is because I always am on the hunt for who's going to be the first one person team to reach, you know, like a hundred million bucks in revenue. And it's going to have to be <laughs> someone that can really build systems and rely on contractors at scale. Uh, if anyone's going to do that, it's going to be you, right? <laughs> uh, my ego is not that big, but maybe. Maybe. Okay, we'll see. Many of you guys have used a tool that requires you to upload a CSV file or spreadsheet, and then you get an error, right? You then have to meticulously find blank rows, delete special characters. It's a pain in the butt. Now, your customers run into the same problem when you ask them to upload data to your SaaS platform. You know, they get frustrated, they don't upload. Then you have a ton of empty states in your SaaS UI and the user churns. This is not good. Now, your product is brought to life by this data. You want them to feel this magic as fast as possible. Now, we've tried to solve this at FounderPath 
path by creating downloadable CSV templates and building our own in-house importers, and then copying and pasting a long help article to users via email. It just is not fun work. Nobody gets it. Nobody wants to do that work. This is where Flatfile comes in. Flatfile is the data onboarding platform built to take the acute pain out of importing customer data into your product. The nice thing is enterprises love this because Flatfile is SOC 2 Type 1 and 2 certified, GDR compliant, super easy to use. So no more emailing files back and forth like CSVs, no more copying and pasting help articles that no one reads, just clean data quickly so you can grow your SaaS company. In fact, ClickUp, Bamboo HR, and HubSpot all use Flatfile. It's one reason they're growing so quickly. Check out Flatfile today at nathanlacka.com forward slash Flatfile. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash Flatfile. Talk to me though about this. I, I imagine a lot of folks use you to onboard contractors to run repeatable tasks, right? So what are some best practices you've seen for creating system to take off, you know, a founder's plate, for example, and give it to a contractor? So there's, I mean, that's kind of a long answer, but I'll do my best to answer it quickly. Did, when, with the, the first part of the question is you've got to create systems. So where should you create systems? Well, it's going to be one of two areas, depending upon where the, where in the life cycle your business is. If you're earlier on and your bigger problem is pipeline and lead gen, then create systems in the area of prospecting funnels, all of that kind of stuff. But if you're a little bit later stage and you're like, nah, we got lead gen and, and pipeline all figured out, but fulfillment is our issue or something else that's after the acquisition of the customer, then I would say, well, look where the biggest fires are and try and reverse engineer and see what's causing those fires. And instead of being a firefighter, be a fire preventer. So create processes for one of those two areas, or maybe it's both in your organization. And then, um, we have a, and we actually have a free template for this that you can link to in your show notes, but we've, we've had tremendous well, Give success. it a call. What, do you know the name of it? So audience can search it. Yeah. Uh, hire. If you just search for the word hiring, if you go into our marketplace and just type in hiring, I think it says virtual assistant hiring process or something like that. And so we don't have to go into the details here unless you want to, but we, we've been doing this now for over a decade and we almost never have a hiring fail. So if you have great systems and then you use our system to find a human being, odds are you're going to have really good success right out of the gate with uh, delegating that work. Yeah. Yeah. The, this, the best system I built for this is I put together the process in a Word doc. I probably should be using Flowster. I record a Loom video. Oh, with the you're process. killing me, man. I know. I know. <laughs> and then I, I go on to Upwork. And the trick is I, I, I go on to Upwork and I post a job. And what most people do is they click on like the cheapest labor. What I do is I put filtering in place and I, I click on the most expensive hourly rate. Um, and I pay 10 people to do the same task. And then I look at the work quality and then I, I use the one ongoing, which, which who, who gave me the best hourly rate for the best value output of following the procedure I gave them. Uh, you, they could automate all this through Flowster effectively. Yeah. And our, and our process isn't much different than that. We, we pick five people, we pay them to do the thing. So we give them the Flowster <laughs> SOP. We all pay them to do it. We do, and then there's one little trick that we do to test their honesty. If it's a 15 minute task, if we know it should take 15 minutes, we'll tell them that it takes an hour because that way the person who comes back and says, yep, took the whole hour. I know that that person's going to milk me for extra labor dollars. Whereas if the other person comes back and says, no, actually I got it done really quick. They, uh, they just passed an honesty test that they didn't even know they were taking. That's pretty cool. I love that. Okay. Very cool. Um, how many customers now today? Um, not going to disclose that actually. Oh, okay. Why is that? You said 500 about two years ago. Is that 
something it's, drastically it's changed? More. It's more. Okay. And why, why, I guess, why choose you not to disclose that anymore? You just feel like it's sensitive data doesn't help you at all? I just, being a private company, we don't disclose revenue. We don't disclose customer count. No. Well, wait, but you, uh, you did though. Right? I mean, something changed. I did between before. Interview. Yeah. So yeah. what changed? Uh, we just decided that we didn't want to do that anymore. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but ARPU's increased to 40 bucks. Um, you're still bootstrapped. Um, mm-hmm. You were burning 20 grand a month last time we chatted. Are you profitable now today? We are. Okay, that feels good. So any plans to you know, use the profits to go out and maybe buy an adjacent competitor? That is definitely on the radar screen. Um, I'm very fascinated. I, like I, I've told my wife, this is the last startup I ever want to do. I just want to buy businesses going forward. I look at what... Um, the founder of Optin Monster, and I can't remember the fellow's name, but he Saeed. has built site. Yes. No. That dude is a freaking genius. He has built an empire based upon buying profitable businesses. It's just your Warren Buffett model, but he did it in SaaS. That is well, super and more specifically appealing. in WordPress plugins. Uh, yeah. Super neat. Yeah. So that is super appealing to me, but we're not at the point yet where I want any distractions. What we've been doing has been working and I want to stay laser focused on it and just do more of it. Mm-hmm. I guess at what point in terms of, I don't know what the number is, the head count, when you break 10 million in ARR, like what, at what point do you go, okay, I have some bandwidth now and things are systematized. I want to go look out and be more aggressive in the M&A space. Yeah, for me, it would be when certain roles are filled. So when I have a COO, and when I have a leader of marketing and I have a leader of sales, and those are all senior people, you know, $100,000 plus each, mm-hmm. at that point, I don't need to like spin the wheels every day. I just need to be the, the, the head coach. At yep. that point, I think it would be um, not sabotaging my core effort to take some of my focus and look for acquisitions that could be strategic. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Love that. Now you don't want to talk about customer count. Um, are you comfortable sharing? Have you guys broke a million dollar run rate at this point? Not going to say, sorry. Don't want to share. Most people no. at your stage uh, are making about a bootstrapped or doing about 180,000 bucks in revenue per employee. So if you have 13 employees, now obviously they're lower costs, right? If, you, if they're from mm-hmm. the countries you mentioned, so it's maybe not direct math, but it, for audience, if you want to take 13 times 100, 180 grand revenue per employee, it'd be about 2.3 million bucks in AR. Maybe not there yet, but on the way and profitable, which we love. So um, let's let's move forward there. Do you want to add something to that? Okay, yeah, great. Let's move forward. Um, talk. You talked about some of the opening roles you have now. How do you go about recruit? Like you're, you're trying to hire a COO, it sounds like. How do you go recruit that person? So I'm actually not trying to hire the COO just yet. If I was going to hire uh, a salesperson, I would be following Mark Roberge's guidelines literally to the letter. I consider this to be the Bible. Um, then as far as a COO, um, I would be reaching out into my network. My wife is a member of EO. We'd be reaching into that network. It would very, very much a, a recruiting affair more than a like, Hey, we got an open position and we're accepting applications. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very cool. All right, Trent, we're out of time here. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, well, lately it's been Mark Roberge's book. Uh, I'm, I'm really fascinated by that book. Number two, do you have any salespeople today? No. Yeah. It's, in, it's interesting you're reading that book because it's really hard to put that book into practice unless you have ACVs above five or 10 grand because that's when it makes sense to have a sales rep with commission. Yep. yep. Are you planning on launching some sort of enterprise feature where you can charge 20 grand a year? 
We are. Yes. Ah, okay. Very cool. Very cool. This year you'll land at your first enterprise customer. That's a 2023 objective. Uh, it could happen this year. Okay. Very cool. Uh, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, not that I could give you a quick answer to. So okay. no. Number number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Flowster besides your own? My favorite online tool for building Flowster. Hmm. I'm sorry that I'm blanking because Flowster is my favorite tool. There's just so many others that I use that, you know, that everybody else uses that I don't think are particularly like I wouldn't say, oh my gosh, that one's my favorite. So I, um, I don't have a great answer for you there. I'm right. sorry. Well, you said SEM rush last time. Number four, how many hours of oh, sleep? Do you so have? actually, yes, that would be, and, and we now we're using href. So yes, I would say because SEO is our largest source of traffic and we use that tool, but my wife uses it, not me. That's why it didn't pop into my mind. But yeah, I would say that's pretty high up the it's list. A very strange pattern you guys have on Ahrefs. I looked you up ahead of this. My research team did. You guys pop to a domain rating, which you said was your big objective with getting backlinks of like 60, 70 back in late mid 2020, and then crashed back down to 27. And now you're currently at like sort of 38. Do you know what caused that pop back in 2020 or the decline? Uh, no, I don't. As a matter of fact, okay. I didn't even know that we had that pop back then. <laughs> I'm sure your wife's. I'm sure your wife's on it. That's usually the case. So, okay. Um, number four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, eight. Eight. And what's usually your okay? Seven, wait. seven to eight. Yeah. Okay. And I was say, what's your situation? Married, single, kids? But we know you're married. Still one kiddo. Married with one kiddo. Stopped at one. She's eight now, and uh, one is is more than enough for a. That's a, a start. That's amazing. Her. And I think you've had two birthdays already. Fifty two now. Uh, I I'm loath to admit it, but yes, I am. All right, 52. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Oh, man. The first thing is uh, spend less than I make. And <laughs> the second thing is have more patience. I, I mean, are, there's, yeah. <laughs> guys, close myself down. <laughs> patience is key, guys. Flow strap launched back in 2017. If you're trying to build a massive team and not hire a bunch of FTs and want contractors that run systems, Flowster app should be your operating system effectively. They passed 500 customers back in 2020 and about 10,000 bucks a monthly recurring revenue. Trent's not sharing revenue today, but he did share that ARPU is more than doubled and they are moving more enterprise. He's learning from Mark Roberge and they are profitable today, still bootstrapped, which we love with a team of 13 as they look to get to new developing product. Trent, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks very much for having me, Nathan. I appreciate it.